0: Feast podcast with Pete, Craig and Rick. Welcome back everyone to the footy feast podcast the place to tune into if you're hungry for more footy content well we're closing into the end of the trade period and there's been a lot of trades happening in the last couple of days surely more to come tomorrow but uh, we're just going to spitball some trades and their fantasy fantasy implications on the trades um, as well. But I think Rick's going to kick us off to begin with for the Would You Rathers is back this week. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so I've just done the um, Would You Rathers of what the two biggest trades of obviously this trade period are and in comparison to their draft years, would you trade the same deal for the equivalent player based on the position they were drafted? You'll make sense when I read it out.
0: Is um this The two biggest trades, is that in your opinion?
1: Well, one of them is the ultimate mega trade that's been spoken about, the four-way trade, and then the other one is the Luke Jackson to Frio trade. Sounds good. Let's go. All right. So we'll start off. So just to lay the scene, so for Luke Jackson, the trade was pick 13, a future first, which we're going to assume is anywhere between 8 and 18, and a future second, which we will assume is going to be between 26 and 34. So two first round picks and a future second, all tied to teams that we're expecting to finish in the top eight.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure we, we touched on this the other week and we said that two firsts and a future second was probably on par. What's your question exactly?
2: Oh, hi, everyone. Craig here. Uh, thanks for introducing me, Peter. I'm part of the podcast tonight. Uh, but uh, Rick, what's your actual question? Sorry. There actually, was there a would you rather on that?
1: Yes. Yeah. no, no, so I'm going to lay it out. So that now. is oh, okay. uh, That's not a, a question, 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 motherfuckers. <laughs> That's just the, But they the picks. You pause <laughs> yeah. like just there was oh, a question. You start asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll go to the, the first, first player. player. So oh, these are all the players, players that have been team taken team. at pick three in the draft every year. So Luke Jackson was pick three. We're comparing him to all the other pick threes. And this will essentially tell us, is he the best pick three of all time? Or what players should we be comparing him to in his value? So we'll open up with Jack Billings. Would you trade those picks for
0: Jack Billings? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I'd rather Luke Jackson.
1: No, no, no. no. Those picks. So two, two first round picks and a future second. Would you trade that for Jack Billings? Jack Billings
2: is not worth that, no. No.
1: Angus Brayshaw? No. No. Callum Mills? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've got Callum Mills as a yes. Hugh McCluggage? No. Yes. I've got no. Paddy Dow? Who? <laughs> I'd say that as a
2: no from Craig. So would have you done this deal
1: for Luke Jackson?
2: Uh, if I was Melbourne or Fremantle? If I was Fremantle,
1: 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So is Luke, yeah. like, would you trade those picks for Luke Jackson? Yeah.
2: I'd trade two mid-first round picks or late first round picks and a second for Luke Jackson and a third pick back for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
0: Yeah, agreed. Will Phillips? The who? <laughs> I was about to say who, who the fuck is that. you just making up names now? No, no, or is no, this no, like no, a no, legit no, segment? David. No.
1: And Finn Callaghan. Oh, Callaghan from GWS this year. No? So no. So, essentially, between no. only no. two of us have said yes to two players. So, we're essentially saying Luke Jackson or Callum Mills are literally the best pick threes taken in the draft in the last, like, eight, nine years.
0: Well, yeah. Especially yep. after the, some of the names you pulled out there. I have not even heard of a couple of them. Yep. yep. Sounds good to me. Happy with that?
1: All right, and now we'll move on to the Jason Horn Francis trade. So it was
0: pick pick eight. Plenty, plenty to talk about JHF later. All right, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll do it later. Yeah.
1: So pick eight, yeah, a future first, which we're assuming is going to be between eight and eighteen, and then pick forty-three and pick fifty-seven. So probably two picks you're not even going to use realistically. They're draft points when you're that late, but they're yeah. in the trade, so we're going to go over them. So pick eight and a future first between eight and 18 is what Paul Adelaide gave up. That also included bringing in Willy Rioli too, so it's hard to measure exactly, but that's the big spine of the trade. So would you trade them for Paddy McCartan?
2: No. No.
1: Jacob Wiedering? Yes. No. I have yes for Jacob Wiedering. Andy McGrath? No, no, no. Cam Rayner?
0: no. Possibly, depending on which club you are.
1: You're cooked. I've no. (laughs) Sam Walsh,
0: yes. That's going to be unanimous.
1: Yes. (laughs) Matt Rowell.
0: Who? No, we don't have. We all know our opinions on Matt Rowell.
1: Yeah, I have a no for Matt Rowell. That's a no. Wait, what?
0: What? You just concede?
1: No, he hasn't been good enough to trade for two first round picks. Like, he's been, he's been mediocre. He will get better, and he might be worth that one day, but not right now. Jamar Yugel Hagen? Not
0: currently. No.
1: Nah. Jason Horn Francis, would have you done this deal?
0: Not with the external factors that possibly will be at play that we'll talk about later.
1: It's a yes yeah. or no question. Would you trade no. them? Craig? What were the picks again? Just to
2: refresh my memory. Okay. okay. Pick eight
1: and a future first, which you're going to assume is between eight and 18. Uh,
2: Jason Hall-Francis, yes. Yeah, I've got yes.
1: And then the next one is, would you gamble before even knowing if you could trade those picks for pick one this year and Will Ashcroft wasn't father-son, would you do it? He's the best player of this draft. So hypothetically, if you could trade pick eight this year and a future first to jump to number one and take Will Ashcroft, would you do it? 100%. 100%.
2: I'd take Will Ashcroft over JHF. Yes. 100%.
1: I agree. So, on this merit, me and Craig have said yes to more players than any other combination. So, we're saying Jason Francis is the same as Jacob Wiedering, Sam Walsh, or Will Ashcroft. They're the only other players other than Jason (laughs) Francis we certainly do the deal for.
0: Yeah. I accept that. That's a good celebration. That was actually, I dropped the pencil as an accident. So. I At time, it out. felt right. I can cut know, that out, that it felt I'll right. leave it in. I'll leave it in. No, that there's was legit no accent. editing I, on this podcast ever. Yeah. My finger slipped like Bart Simpson did. What's editing? Did someone up. edit our <laughs> podcast? <laughs> not no. anymore. Not since about Is that the whole would you rather? Yeah, yeah, that's the would you rather. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to
1: touch base because we spoke last. Week. It's not worth going into current players because yeah. two first round – essentially, they both got them for two first round draft picks. And if you said you wouldn't trade two first round draft picks for Clayton Oliver, like a Petrarca, you've – you, you're you out of your mind. But I do have one more question that I wrote down. Who oh. is the worst player that you can think of that you would trade two first-round picks for? Like, what is the worst player? What's the floor? Yeah. Like, would you trade two first-round picks for
2: Humor Cluggage? Or is there a worse player than
1: Humor Cluggage you'd trade two first-round picks
2: for? I wouldn't trade two first-round picks for Humor Cluggage. So, what is the floor...
1: Yeah, what's the floor of two first round picks? Like, do you think Tim Taranto is worth two first round picks?
2: It depends how high the first round picks are. Like, there's a. Yeah. Same thing. Pick eight, pick eight. Because
1: that's what Jason Horn, Francis, Luke Jackson are. Would roughly. I trade two
2: picks, two pick eights for Tim Taranto? No, I wouldn't. I, I don't think many players would be worth two pick eights at all. It'd have to be a Sam Walsh, who's a, a generational midfielder. Or a Jacob Wietering, who's an all Australian fullback. Very hard to come by. Or, uh, well, I'd trade two pick eights for Nick Dacos. Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's not a bottom. That's not a bad flaw. There'd be a worse player you'd trade two picks eights for than Nick Dacos. I'd
2: argue probably Jacob Wietering is that player. That's probably my flaw. Like, it's a fullback. And like a great fullback. Would you
1: trade two pick eights for Stephen May?
2: No, Bit I older. wouldn't. No, you wouldn't? Yep. All right, fair enough. Pete, you got anything?
0: No, nah, I'm just reading some of the trade news, that's all.
2: Okay, push your button to move
0: to the next segment. All right, so trade talk, where do we want to start? Are we just want to start looking well, trades around? Or? Well, Hello. Rick handed out a... Put in the chat the trade tracker, so I
2: figure we just roll down the page and just what talk about track the tracker? most significant yeah. ones. Anyway, right. so are we starting at the bottom? Yeah, so I'm starting sorry. at the bottom. Oh, okay, not the most recent ones. Okay, start from the bottom, work our way up. So, so
1: Port Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide receives a second round compensation, pick number twenty-seven for Carl Amon.
0: What the fuck? That's not trade. That's car, that's yeah, compensation. That's, that also happened before last week's pod. Bobby Hill was last week's pod. Toronto was last week's pod. I don't think we spoke about any of it, though. I mean, we spoke about the Taranto thing ages ago. The Taranto thing was always going to happen. 3rd of October. What does Jordan that make on. it? Exactly the same day as this trade last time. Yeah. Okay, okay. well, we can skip over, over that. that. Tip, Tip Taranto.
2: Taranto. We'll quickly gloss over that. Richmond receives Taranto. UWS receives pick 12, 12 and 19. 19.
0: I reckon that's fair for both sides. I, I think that's fair. You got a late pick in there, so basically a second rounder. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool trade. we
2: could just gloss I mean, over some of these. Did, trades. We did actually really talk
1: about because I remember us saying where we thought he would fit on a fantasy yeah. spectrum.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, trades right. that have, I mean, Freeman receives future third selection for Blake Acres. I have Blake Akers better than a future third selection. I think he's a second rounder. He he was their well, best player in the finals. Almost, let's just
0: say, is he is he more value than Frampton? Because that's what they got for Frampton. Yeah, well, he yeah. So would you rather Blake, Blake Akers or Frampton? <laughs> well, we're glossing ahead a few days, but I'd rather Blake Akers, yes. <laughs> so there you go. So that's I would, the same. I, would think- I, I agree, but I'm going to play
1: devil's advocate. And I think one good year in fucking six, good, in six years of football, happening to be at a good club that had a really good year, I don't think Blake Akers is going to look as good as he did this year at Carlton next year. You, you think he's peaked this year? Oh, he, like he may be the same. But he's not going to be any better than what he was. On top of, there's more position fighting at Colton than there was at Frio. He was Frio's main man. Sam Walsh gets pushed out the midfield and plays on the wing half the time. If Sam Walsh is on one wing and Blake Akers is on the other, what, what wing, are wing are you, you going to go, go down, down, down if you've got the opportunity?
0: I mean, that's a fair fair point. I mean,
2: that's a fair point. I, Colin would play through the middle, so I don't really know what the wings do, <laughs> what you're talking about. But um, if I had to play through the wings, I guess, like some of those average teams, then I would... Like, Paul obviously played through on a lot. Um, well, I guess I would play down Sam well, Walsh's wing, wing if we're talking about that. What are you talking about? One of your best players is a wingman. The good
1: Dacos brother,
2: Josh. That's a good point. But he just ran through the middle. He was really like a hybrid. But, no, I, anyway, I think um, at the end of the day, I think Blake Haker's probably worth the second round. I think that's a bit undervalued. But that's just me. Uh, let's roll up here. Griffin Logan, Darcy Tucker join North Melbourne for future picks, which will be pick 19 because North is shit. And I don't know, whatever the first pick of the third round is. Wait, wait, I, I have a question. Oh, okay. I thought Go you farted. And just no, like, no, I was about oh, to yeah. burp. I didn't want to burp in oh, the microphone. Um, Do North have two second round picks next year? Because the AFL gave them a future yes. second and yes. future third. So They'd- they would have 19 and 20, theoretically.
1: No, So essentially, what they did is the AFL gave them compensation that they had to trade for current AFL players, excluding their actual second and third round picks. So they gave yeah, them the pick, but the
2: pick had, had to be traded. So, so they gave, gave them-, them, if they got pick 19, which is the first of the second round, they gave this them away that. Be- I pick think, 20. I think he
1: will be pick 20. 20, yeah. I think North Melbourne retained yeah. their first pick and they were given a pick after their first pick that they had to trade for That's hasn't been talent. clear
2: the whole time, but yeah. So reading it, they have two seconds and two thirds back to back.
1: They got these then, two players for free. Yeah, yeah,
2: That's the ones they got for free, but they weren't their yeah. own already. They were just put right next to them. Okay. So they still have a second and third future. or oh, I don't even know how it works out. Anyway, back to the point. Pick 19 and pick... I don't know what it works out to be forty maybe, um, for Logue and Tucker. Griffin Logue's a pretty handy player. I mean There's three picks there. And a future third for a future third and a future fourth. Oh yeah. But the main and Freeman yeah. receives a future second. Yeah. Um but uh, uh I think uh, that's yeah. probably a fair deal on paper. Griffin Logue was good. He was a pick eight or something originally. Has he lived up to pick eight potential? Probably not, but uh, getting pick 20, let's say, for or for him is not bad. Uh, and Tucker, future third. Tucker was an all right player, but yeah. Couldn't even get a game. Well, who's better, Akers or Tucker? Because they both went for the same pick, theoretically. Akers is way better than him. So what should Akers be then? Who's better, Logue or Akers? Think about it. Tucker couldn't even get a game in and Akers was
1: in his position.
2: Yeah, so who's better, Logue or Tuck- oh, Acres? Acres. Well, Logue went for pick 19 and Acre went for about pick 45, 50. So.
1: Yeah, but do you know what it is? If you're North Melbourne, you have to pay a premium on all players because no one wants to go to your club. And if you can get someone to come to your stinky club, then you need to get that deal
2: done. Are we stinky North Melbourne? We've stinkied the Saints, and have we stinking
0: anyone else? Essendon, have we, we
2: we Essendon are on
1: the brink. I think we can stink him just because their off-field issues are starting to
0: affect our on-field issues. I think, I issues. think Essendon, their they're past stink. They're, they're definitely stinking. We need
2: He's a, a sorry, sound effect for this, this, because this because this is, is our podcast. This is our podcast, podcast is like, is hook, hook, is, is that, that we stinky teams Stinky so, Saints, the Bombed, bombed bombers,
1: bombers, and we got to come up with a roadkill road North <laughs> Melbourne.
2: The roadkill road roos. Roadkill roos. Road kill roos. <laughs> the roadkill roos. Okay. <laughs> so, is that how we have to refer to it from now on? Roadkill?
1: Uh, roadkill roos. You've got to go roadkill roos because everyone will listen to every episode.
2: RKR, Ruse. Or oh, we just one. call everyone Stinky, and I think it's just that people stink. But uh, we'll work on that. We'll workshop um, anyway. that. Anyway. Yeah,
1: so on that trade, I haven't, I haven't watched, watched heaps, heaps of Frio. I do know Griffin Logue was pretty handy playing forward and back. Um, he's a good pickup, but Darcy Tucker couldn't get a game. A lot of people were flagged interest in him. There was huge hype around him this preseason and he didn't deliver. I just think North Melbourne, they already have a lot. Like The thing is, why would you play Darcy Tucker over your Will Phillips or your um, Tom Powers, who are going to develop into a better player than – Darcy Tucker's ever going to be. So I think he's just a filler that's not really necessary. And if I was North Melbourne, I'd be playing these kids that he was, that he, that you have taken at pick one, two, three, four over the years that will develop long-term into a better player than
2: Darcy Tucker. Yeah, he's probably a depth player. he would probably get games for round one, though. Um, okay, moving on for that one.
1: Oh, cool. Fantasy-wise, we've got to talk fantasy as well about um Oh, we'll quickly drop irrelevant, it in. Irrelevant.
2: Agreed. Uh, moving up the list, unless people just, add, just chime in with things as we go. Um, uh, ben Long joins the Gold Coast and a future fourth for Pick 32. Who cares? I don't even know who Ben Long is. Yeah, fair enough. We'll move on from that one. Oh, this one could possibly be the stinkiest trade of the trade period. Gold Coast receives Tom Berry for... Uh, and a third round pick and a future second for two seconds and a third. So essentially, Tom Berry went there for, let's say, pick 36, 46 um, to the Gold Coast. I personally think Tom Berry was going to be delisted. So it's
0: a win for Brisbane.
2: Yeah, I would have thought that's just like one of those ones where you don't delist the player.
1: So if you trade stinky picks. You're going to get a stinky player,
2: essentially. So Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you might be able to get someone better than the guy who couldn't get a game. Uh, relevant, Tanner Bruin. This might be the first real, real relevant trade. Play. Geelong receives Tanner Bruin. Greater Western Sydney receives pick 18. That should have been reserved for Oliver Henry. Discuss.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, Geelong's, I think Geelong's done pretty well from his trades, though. Yeah,
1: I, I probably would think Geelong have been the biggest winners of the trade period. It does help that you're a good team, as we spoke about last week. Um, Like, you need money to make money. The good teams are only going to get better. All this type of shit. Geelong a top team. All the players are going to want to go there because they've got a good system. They've got a good coach. They know how to win games. Um, Tanner Bruin, huge pickup for them. He is a Geelong boy, so you can't just say – He didn't want to go there for other reasons other related than that. But he couldn't get a game at GWS for whatever reason. He'll probably play at Geelong, and that just shows you the reason that GWS have been stinky because their list management ability isn't probably up to scratch. Fantasy-wise, he's probably not worth a lot now, but with an older Geelong list, eventually he'll move into their midfield, so he could be a good stash for a couple of years, I reckon.
0: He only averaged 53 fantasy points this year. Yeah,
1: if, go look at his game time, and he was one of the highest points per minute players, I think.
0: Jake has him, and Jake's very high on him. Uh, In the last round, he got 47 points for 80% game time. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he's stinky.
2: No, I, I think, think he's, he's got a lot, lot, lot of
0: potential, death, but right. it's going to be hard to break into that Geelong team unless he, they dip down the ladder straight away anyway. He broke 100, 100 once this season. It was against North Melbourne. Well, some other players have not. Uh, yeah, I, think I think it's better okay. to get a known
2: quantity was pretty decent than, um, taking a guess with 18. I'd rather have the known quantity. Would you rather have the known quantity or the guess with 18? Say that again. Like, would you rather have the player, you know, who's played 30 games and you've seen stuff from, or would you rather have pick 18 and take a gamble?
1: Um, he was higher than pick 18 in his draft year and he's probably developed. He's about as- 12. 12 yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's probably developed as he should. So realistically, I think it's. I would have taken that trade. Like, I'd rather the the player that you've seen than an unknown quantity at pick eighteen.
2: I think so. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Um, Hold up, I got it here in front of me.
1: So, for example, Angus Sheldrick was taken at pick eighteen in last year's draft for Sydney. So he looks like he's going to be a good player. So you could have got oh, like you, that. That's like a comparison.
2: Yeah, but Angus Sheldrick played like three games, and Tanner Bruins yep. played a bit more. Yeah, but in the, VFL, uh, in the VFL, it's still, speculative, tra- it's still speculative, though. In yeah, the VFL, yeah. anyone's good. Uh, yeah. Okay. We uh, have Geelong ahead in that one. Oh, oh, moving oh, moving oh, on through the trades. Toby Bedford, Bedford went to Greater
0: Bedford. Western Sydney for pick 44. I don't even know who Toby Bedford is. No, it's the third round. So, there you go. That's another Blake Acres value right there. If you, yeah.
1: If you don't know who he is, I think that's an absolute steal. He was like Melbourne's emergency sub in like four games and he kicked multiple goals coming on late in a few games. Like he's actually like really underrated. Well, I think I mean, from no, what I've seen no, of that guy.
2: I'm going to underrate him because I don't even know who he is. I wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup at the. Who fell was Looking at the prison there. And I, yeah, the lineup was there. Who's Toby Bedford?
0: No idea what he looks like. He played eight games last season accordingly. Yeah, according but I think he was like lab. the
1: medical sub in almost all of them.
0: Oh, he's played he played the minimum he played was sixty percent game time in all his games. Did he kick any goals? He's coming in as a small forward, I heard. He kicked two, four, six, about eleven goals. In eight games. In eight I eight mean games. That's, a that's a goal, goal game, game. Yeah. as a
1: medi sub as well. Like I don't think he actually started many games. He was there medi sub a lot of times. And he just yeah. can't break into the team. Like, Melbourne named him as a sub for a lot of their games. Like, he's good enough to be the next in line. He just wasn't good enough for a Melbourne side, which is already strong.
0: And he's only 22 still, so plenty of time. Yeah, I'll I think take- that's
1: a good trade. Okay. Right. If I, at Port Adelaide, I'd rather Bedford over Billy Frampton taking him back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the dig has started. The dig has started. Well, uh, the, next, the next kind of major trade on the list is Luke Jackson joins Fremantle. Well, Luke Jackson a third-round pick, which is currently number 44, a fourth-round pick, um, and Melbourne receive a first-round pick, which is currently 13, a future first-round selection, and a future second, which is what you went through early in the Would You Rather anyway. But thoughts on that, fellas? Well, I think
2: Fremantle probably did the best trade of this trade period. They gave up a 13 and a 13 and a 34 Luke Jackson, and they even got some picks back um, to use this year on, I mean, they can just take a stab in the dark. Luke Jackson, Jackson. his interview was pretty average. He's not really the most exciting guy to listen to at the presser. I wouldn't be lining him up to uh, speak on a weekly basis, but um, for a couple of mid-first-round picks, Fremantle win and should be better next year off the back of it.
1: Yeah, I agree. The only thing that's annoying me is I've already seen an article come out that's saying he will be a uh, ruck forward and will test his midfield abilities. So they're already backtracking on what they said, that they were going to play him as a primary big midfielder.
2: He's reckon. A primary big midfielder? He can't play midfield. He's not a midfielder. I'm not playing him in the midfield ahead of Sarong or Brayshaw or, or probably Brody. so... Uh, He can pinch it in there for like 10% game time, but he's not a midfielder. He's got to be a good forward slash ruckman that moves around the ground. They just got to make their ruckman super mobile, both of them. I think that's the best way to play him.
1: Don't you think that he's already proved that he's never going to be a good forward though? Last year, what, he kicked like 13 goals playing as a ruck forward. That's not enough. You're not getting enough out of a guy you're paying like 850 k to on a seven-year deal.
2: But there aren't any midfielders running around that are 204 centimetres either. So, like, I don't see that happening either. He has to be either a Ruckman, Ruckman, like like a Dean Cox or a Grundy that gets 20, 25 touches and 30 hit-outs a game, or he's, he's wasted.
1: But have you seen another player that's over 200 centimetres that's as athletic as Luke Jackson?
2: Brody Grady and uh, Dean Cox, I thought I just mentioned about 30 seconds ago, I would say were as athletic as Luke Jackson, yes.
1: But Luke Jackson's not going to be the primary ruckman. Sean Darcy stays the primary ruckman.
2: He's more athletic than, and more mobile than Sean Darcy, but is he more athletic than Nat Five playing in the midfield or Caleb Sarong or Will Brody or Andrew Rasher in the middle? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he's a clearance beast either, is he? I think from the games you've seen him as a ruckman,
1: he's probably produced enough to say that he could be a midfielder. <laughs> my question this is question, question to you,
0: Craig, is fantasy related. You've got Sean Darcy as your ruckman and keepers. Does this affect his score at all? And are you going to keep Darcy with Jackson coming into Frio? I had never thought about that.
2: But maybe I should think about that, and I should. He, he
0: averaged ninety. Look at trading league. him out, and he's only I'm, he's only got Ruck status. Darcy. The podcast hits the air because I might be able to get someone else for him. Well, Jackson- Ruck, I'll trade you for him. I'm happy Ruck. to handcuff him. So you because you got uh, Jackson's got DPP, so yeah. and he'll 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 most likely keep the DPP. So I'll uh, trade
1: you. I'll trade you for Darcy. I'll handcuff Frio Ruckman.
2: We can talk about that after, but likely rucks. I don't hold a massive preview on, so if
0: Darcy's getting eighty-five to ninety, I'm happy with that anyway. Um, well, I mean, not ninety is, is up there with, apart from your your Gorns and your Grundies and that. That's probably which are now playing together. Yeah, and and O'Brien was doing pretty well this year, but other than that, there was a lot of There's, that's that's a pretty good ruckman as a. You know, I, depending I, on I would take you a 90, ninety next year. Yeah. I think he's capable of getting a ninety next year. So. Um, no, he's, he if he
1: averaged ninety this year, he goes down because nah. he he didn't share last year.
2: Yeah, he did with Lobb or he was injured a lot of the time. But yeah. I
1: think he, he had a yeah, down year, yeah, Darcy. Yeah, I think yeah, next year he bounces back. Luke Jackson does not leave Melbourne and go to Fremantle unless he's been offered more ruck ruck time than what he was getting at Melbourne, which was next to nothing.
0: He was well, off Luke Jackson percent. last at Melbourne. Uh, he did he did not get over twenty hitouts this season. Yeah, but exactly. he also
1: didn't have this level of opportunity to have more than that. Like, if, he, if you go check his CBAs, he wasn't having more than 20 CBAs a game. Half of those ruck hit outs yeah. are probably going to be in the forward line when Max Gorn's sitting in defence.
2: Yeah, well, I feel like Sean Darcy can play that Max Gorn defence role now with Luke Jackson in the front half. So, other up for for Sean Darcy next I year. Think,
1: I think it's other up for Jackson, down for Darcy. Like, uh, what did Max Gorn average this year?
2: I think it's a hold. Yeah, hold Max back Gorn back. averaged 104.5 playing that role that Darcy yeah, could uh, play. 100,
1: 108. Yep. And Max Gorn is significantly better than Sean Darcy right now.
0: Oh. I, say, I say 108. However, Max Gorn in his last five rounds, his last five round average was 120. And he was getting scores of 150s, 160, 130. Yeah, exactly. So, He's significantly
2: he, better, but he played a different role to Sean Darcy. Yeah. He
0: sits behind the ball, yeah. Max Gorn, and just cleans up like. And Sean Darcy is twenty-four and Gorn's thirty, so I think. Uh, yeah. Like,
1: don't get me wrong, Sean Darcy's still a good player, but his fantasy scores will have to go down because they were playing a forward, Rory Lob to ruck when Sean Darcy was tired. Luke Jackson isn't going there to play predominant forward and just cover the ruck. He will have a ruck role, and Sean Darcy will have a ruck role. So no matter what, his ruck time will go down. Whereas Luke Jackson was a forward until Max Gorn was tired or oh, when Melbourne were experimenting. And Fremantle had Rory Lobb, who was a forward, who would ruck only when Sean Darcy had had enough.
0: I just think they're going to have to play Jackson up forward. I just don't see him slotting in Frio's midfield. Yeah, no,
2: and if he did, it wouldn't be much time at all. It just doesn't, doesn't work on any level. But uh, while, while we're yeah, talking totally about happy. this, Jake, a did a guest podcast episode and puts in a bit of content, has given yeah, us Fremantle's best 22 next year off the back of the trades they have done. So We only care where Luke Jackson's playing. Where did he put Luke Jackson? I'm about to start from the back line just to make you wait longer. Ryan, Ryan Pierce Walker, Young Cox Chapman. So that doesn't really change. Clark I on the wing, Brayshaw H also doesn't change. Centre half forward, Frederick, Luke. Jackson three votes. Walters, see how I did that there. That was just like Gil McLaughlin. I just paused a little bit because there could have been L. Actually, there's no more L. Jackson, so that was it. Um, oh, so center so half Ford, Jake has him. Schultz, Tabner, and he has Lob in the four pocket, but Lob is obviously leaving, so Fife will be in the forward pocket there. Um, on the bench, you got Henry, O'Driscoll, Collier, and Erasmus. Um, with Darcy, Sarong, Brody as your starting rock, which ruck which is uh, fair. So he's got Jackson at centre-half forward, forward. Um, and Tabiner at full forward, which I think is probably how it'll start round one.
0: You wanted to know where Jackson was going to end up. so
1: I think Fremantle have talked about it. Round one, Luke Jackson plays a midfielder and depending how he goes will depend where he plays. I just don't think Luke Jackson's going to be a good enough forward. I think they will experiment Sean Darcy forward as well. Because I dare say Sean Darcy is going to be a <coughs> forward because he'll be able to clunk big marks. He's already kicked four or five goals in games before. Luke Jackson barely can kick four or five goals in a period of a month. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of experimentation next year, and I'm not happy to say he's going to be a forward. He's going to be a ruckman. He's going to be a midfielder. Yet we just need so, to see what he looks
0: like there. But if you got Sarong, Brody, Clark, Brayshaw, and Aish, who's who's kicked out for Jackson to play in the midfield?
1: I'd be willing to drop Ace and experiment him through the midfield. The thing is, Luke Jackson, I remember they were talking about him on trade radio today. Um, some, some stat they were saying about he, in under 18s competition, out of any ruckman, he's had more ground ball gets than any player ever. Like, he, he, he's proven he can be mobile in the midfield. Like, you got to remember in the grand final where he turned the game on his head, he didn't win the ruck hitouts. That wasn't the difference. He was getting the clearances, he was laying the tackles. Like, his ruck craft isn't there yet. That's not what's making him special. What's making Luke Jackson special is his athletic ability, and I just feel like he does have something to add more than just ruck craft. So, potentially, he could be in a midfield. Nat Five's old. old. They They don't – Frio don't don't have have that that big-bodied midfielder. Like, Will Brody, yeah, he was all right this year, but once again, you don't know – you can't say Will Brody's going to be a superstar off the back of one year. No,
2: he'll never be a superstar. He'll be serviceable. Like, he'll be – a decent player but they do need more more players running through the midfield there um, and I guess if they need someone running through there maybe he is that player um, so yeah I mean jury's out but I I don't think they have enough tall forwards to not play Jackson Ford so I think he's got to play Ford and
0: hopefully he'll uh, learn how to play it before we move on while we're talking about Jake Let's this is digressing for football very slightly, but um on the weekend a horse run, which Jake's got some stakes in, called Sunday Mail. Uh it was his first first race. It and- started
2: at a dollar eighty favorite. It was a hot, hot yeah. price favorite. Sunday Mail, trained by Lee Friedman. Jake has a share in it. It had a bad
0: first race and it, and, and when we say bad a horrible horrible first race it went so wide around the home turn it, and the ho- the horse controlled the jockey big time there yeah, yeah. i think so i think as far it as bad, bad races race. go that was up the top
2: it was, it was so bad, bad that bad. sports bet paid out a justice payment to people who bet on sunday mail cuz he was that, that hot, hot favorite to win thing. his maiden first ever race they felt bad for everyone and paid out on Jake's horse to give everyone their money back. So Jake, we expect more from Sunday Mail. We also have a bit of insider knowledge that
0: I've just um, got a quote here from Jake's uh, yeah. reaction to Beat the us. to the uh, race on the day, and Jake said he looked like a giraffe out there. <laughs> yeah,
2: but uh, it yeah, has I been did. vetted
0: and uh, has a
2: few sore heels. So they're uh, checking them out, but signs are all good. So they got to check it before the weekend, and uh, if it's not a behavior trait, they'll give it another run, and um, hopefully we see a better performance. But I don't think I think you'll get way better odds this time, anyway.
1: Um, can you finish this quote for me? It's from Vernon Dursley. Go. No post on
0: Sundays, mate. <laughs> no post on Sundays. <laughs> He's just trying to
2: think of who Vernon Dursley was, but now I'm with you on um, Harry Potter. Come on, you're one of the biggest HP fans ever. Yeah, I am one of the biggest Harry Potter fans <laughs> ever, but we digress, and you're right. And No yes. post
1: on Sundays, boys.
2: Sunday mail, we'll bounce back. I'm confident it trialed well. Um, let's, uh, uh, well, I
0: guess we close, close the book the on that out. one. Yep, all right, moving back to the trade. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Will Setterfield he joined Essendon for pick. Uh, so they they got uh, Essendon got Sedfield and a fourth round um, for a future fourth round selection to Carlton. I put Sedfield in our my five players to watch for fantasy for twenty twenty three because he averaged ninety in his last five games with Carlton. So I don't know what this means now for him going to Essendon whether or not he. Bums out, but he might be able to get in there and get some get some of the ball.
1: No, I reckon he's def- that increases his to-watch list. Um, will Setterfield, like you said, he was actually pretty good. Um, another player that's absolutely dominated in the VFL over a long period of time, um, just needs opportunity. I think he'll get it at Essendon, and I think um, fantasy-wise, he'll be a sneaky one that you can take late, that in a big league will actually be fieldable next year. Um we already spoke about how deep Colton's midfield is. Essendon doesn't have that same luxury. Yeah. Um, Jake Stringer plays in the midfield there, and he looks like a, yeah, he looks like he's an like overweight, overweight dad, dad who's like, he's got like come out of retirement to play football this year. And co-
0: like coming towards the end of last season, like I said when we did the fantasy uh, watch list, he was still able to get the ball in a in an elite midfield of players. So like, so if he's going to Essendon, doesn't have a lot to compete with there. So um, he's on our free agent list. So uh, and he's also. Up-
1: He's also more than 190 centimetres, so he's a big midfielder too.
2: Yep. I have nothing to say on this. Essendon are stinky. Will Satterfield is on his third team, so he obviously is stinky if everyone's just passing him around like a loaf of bread. So pff, Essendon
0: gets stinkier. Excellent. All right. Rick is going to really grill, dive grill on this. this one. The Isaac Rankin to Adelaide. Got done yesterday, officially. LA receives Rankin, a third round pick, and a fourth, uh, future fourth, which is tied to Frio. And Gold Coast receive a first round pick, which was pick five, a future third, and a future fourth round selection. So, so Rick- once we
2: cut it out, it's Rankin for a pick five. Yep. Who was drafted pick three. So oh. Has he decreased in value?
1: Mm, no. I would say this year he's proved that he is good enough. Whether He shouldn't have he should have been taken pick three in his draft year. Let's just get that out of the way. That was the super draft, I'm pretty sure. That was the big year.
2: It, he was he taken take below Bailey, Bailey Smith, uh, uh, before Bailey Smith and the King boys. So, yeah, you're right. The King right. boys, Bailey Smith. Um, Chad Warner was that draft as well, I think. Yeah, you can't put Chad Warner in that because he was like 40-something. Yeah. But out of the top picks in the draft, he should not have been taken third. He should have been taken yeah, so he so should have been be taken lower, so We'll get that yeah, out. Yeah, the seven way. or eight. Um, uh, so, uh,
1: so realistically, let's—if you did a redraft, whether he makes the top ten would be a question. So it's probably, probably a good trade. trade. Like they've probably, from probably where he, he would have really gone, gone well. you've probably traded up a bit. But he's got three years of development now. Will he be good at the Crows? You don't know. My biggest concern yeah. with the deal that you just did is you only signed him to a three-year deal. Um, if the Crows don't turn around. I don't think he's going to be staying and keeping loyal to SA anymore. Um, And then he'll just be going somewhere else. So there wasn't much commitment from a player who wanted to come home there. Um, For his sake, I hope he is good. I hope he does help the Crows. But I also think for that money, he better be playing midfield next year.
2: I think that's a big question, Mark, is does he play midfield? And if he does play midfield, is he stunting Josh Rochelle's development by... Taking his spot in the midfield because I feel like he would have moved up um, and into that midfield as well, or he might just be a little bit behind.
1: This, just, just to cut you off there, Josh Rochelle didn't play enough games this year to build a tank for a midfield next year. Yeah, no, but
2: I mean, you got to push him into there slowly. He might have only played like ten, twenty percent or something next year, but I feel like he would have played a bit because he played as a junior between both. Um, Isaac Rankin, the jury for me is still out. Off the back of half a good season, I wouldn't pay him $800,000 a year. I'd pay him five. Three years, apparently, is because he's backed himself in to be awesome and get a bigger deal than 800000 I was like, "Well, oh, you're dreaming, mate. Cause he
1: should he should have signed for eight hundred k for as long as he could. Yeah, he should have.
2: Absolutely. I don't think, well, unless he becomes like an A-grade midfielder, that's what eight hundred grand gets you. Like a small forward, you have to be Charlie Cameron, can get 50 goals a year to get $800,000. I don't
1: even think Charlie Cameron would be on 800K. No,
2: he would be close.
1: Yeah, he'd be close, but, like, he is the pinnacle. Like, that's Eddie Betts' prime level. Yeah, forward. you're yeah, right. That's, that's, well, that's,
2: that's the, the measuring stick of small forwards is, I mean, Stengel's done it for one year, but Charlie Cameron's done it consistently, and he's the currently, currently playing, playing the game. game. And he's the he's the peak, And and to pay Isaac Rankin more than Charlie Cameron, if that's what you're saying, is is ludicrous.
1: If we were to say right now, do I think Isaac Rankin will be as good as Charlie Cameron? um, My verdict is no. I don't think he can get as good as Charlie Cameron.
2: Well, no, I don't think he could off the back of this year's form. No, I think he needs to improve a lot more. But he's above average for touches. He averages like 13, 14 touches a game as a forward, so he's getting the ball. I think if he starts getting 20 touches a game and kicking goals, then then he's starting to pay that 800000 a year, which is what the Crows are, I'm assuming, hoping for when they signed him. So can Char- he get his Char- good Sorry, Charlie Char- 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 Cameron, Char- Char- Cameron's on 700000 800000 Yeah. So he's getting paid more off the back of, I think, a dozen good games in the back half of the year. Um, Charlie Cameron feels stiff. He should probably get asked for a pay rise to about $1.2 Um if that's what Rankin's getting.
1: Um, just on that then. So we've already said he can't get as good as Charlie Cameron. Well, not now from what we can see. No,
2: not no, from no, what we've
1: seen seeing, so though. far. Can he get as good as Shy Bolton? Because that's the next closest role. Like a small forward who can play midfield and still kick goals. Can Isaac Rankin get as good as Shy Bolton?
2: Well, that's that's what he's going to have to get to get 800000 He needs to emulate Shy Bolton's year, which he hasn't done yet. Um, I'd pay 800000 to Shy Bolton tomorrow. He's a match winner. Isaac Rankin has not proven that he is... Shy Bolton but that's the type of player he'd have to aim for uh, that influence on the game What do you reckon
1: Pete? Do you think Isaac Rankin can be as good as Charlie Cameron or Shy Bolton?
0: I'm not quite sure that he'll be Charlie Cameron spec but he needs to produce close to that level to get the approval from me he kicked 29 goals last year or sorry this year I'm just looking now so he needs to kick 30-plus minimum, but I want him kicking close to 40 uh, if he's going to play that small forward role. If he's playing the midfield, I might give him a little bit of leeway, but he still needs to kick those goals. He needs to produce close to Charlie Cameron, spec footy to be worth that money. I don't I don't think that the trade itself with the picks and that, I think that was spot on. I don't think we got cheated for that um, as Adelaide, but I just I can't see why we're paying him that much money. I have a, a question, the old five-year question. Josh Rochelle,
2: Hello. Isaac Rankin. In five years' time, who are we higher on? Is that a joke? Well, Josh no, Rochelle.
1: Josh you, Rochelle will be a way better player than Isaac Rankin.
2: Isaac Rankin, you're projecting him to be better? Peter? Because you're paying Rankin 800000 so you're paying him money assuming he's going
0: to be better than Rochelle. Well, that's what the that's what the pay suggests, doesn't it? I think it does. We've obviously seen more of Rankin um, than Rochelle, but, but what you've what seen from both, Well what we've seen from both, I haven't received. We didn't receive really much from Rochelle, but I I think I think Rochelle will end up being better than Rankin. Has Isaac Rankin ever kicked five goals in
2: one game? <laughs> in <his career? laughs> I was thinking that too. I was
1: he like, what did Rochelle get in his first game? <laughs> He's,
0: he kicked four twice this year. And he kicked a bag probably half a dozen times.
1: The the other thing you have to take into account is Gold Coast were better than the Crows this year. So, technically, Isaac Rankin had more opportunity than he's going to get next year. Because I, I assume Gold Coast will finish higher than the Crows
2: again next year. Yeah, it depends what role he plays at the Crows. Zone. Like they're earmarking for some midfield time.
1: Yeah. So, like either way, though, Josh Rochelle kicking five goals in a Crows side and Isaac Rankin kicking four in that side – Also taking into account that they were missing their best forward this year in Ben King, so more opportunity for everyone else. Yeah, fair. Whereas the Crows still had their best forward in Taylor Walker, who did suffocate Rochelle's output towards the end of the year. Yeah. like Because I did go to a few Crows games, and obviously I'm a Rochelle owner in our Keeper League, high on Rochelle long-term. But you could just see that Taylor Walker and – um. Darcy Fogarty absorbed so much of the attention forward and were looked at almost exclusively, whereas like Josh Rochelle was in good spots and just not getting the opportunity because they didn't have the faith in him at that point, whereas that's obviously I think he ran out of gas
2: during the year and I think he was a bit injured and that that sort of hurt his campaign because he obviously missed a lot of the end of the year with injury, but... uh, yeah, I mean, when the Crows were winning at the start of the year, it was Rochelle that was winning at the game. So, I, I, don't, I don't really know. know. We haven't really seen really enough of Rochelle, Rochelle. but um, Rankin's a good player. I mean, he's better than who the Crows had playing there. Oh, I agree. It's
1: so, the, so it, it's a win. For me, it's definitely a win for the Crows. Yeah, I just feel the three-year deal is the thing that I wouldn't be happy about. He said he wants to come home to SA. What if in three years ported on Wicked and the Crows suck? He'll be the seventeenth player on the list, that's all I'm saying.
0: But if you if if you were poor and you were doing this deal and you were going to be paying him eight fifty, would you give him a five or six year deal with that money? Probably not. But I don't <laughs> exactly. think poor Adelaide would pay him eight hundred K. I don't yeah, even think Holly Wines, who's a
1: Brownlow medalist, is on eight hundred K.
0: But that's why they've that's why they've only gone the three year deal is because they're not committing to that much cash in that six or five, six years like they did with J H F.
1: You don't think a North Melbourne or St Kilda who are crying out for quality players won't offer him more money than the Crows at the end of three years?
0: No, I don't. Well, at the end of three years, but I thought you were going to say a long-term contract because no one's going to want to pay. The way I see it is
2: is they're going to be justifying it in three years' time. So three years' time is a feeler. They have a shitload of cap space because they can't be paying anyone in that team any money. Like there's not enough good players in that team to pay big money to. So they have 800- grand easily lying there so they're going to pay him A100 that for three years and then once we see other players get better and command more money it'll find out if he's worth it yeah it that makes sense, sense. like yeah. they have to I, I think this is i mean part of the oh, 800 yeah, grand yeah. is they just got to feel space someone's going to eat cap space what exactly. do you think
1: the how do you think the crows players will feel that the last two players they've brought in are probably their two highest paid players as well so, so like Jordan good. Jordan Dawson would be the second highest paid because it came out that he was he got off. At yeah, 750. he's about he's
2: about seven fifty eight hundred as well. But I think Jordan Dawson was a, a sure thing coming
0: I mean, yeah. more than Isaac Rankin is. Yeah, I think I think, uh, I think you've, the, that you've got to expect as a player at Adelaide in the position that the club is to to rebuild and get better players that you are going to have to pay players for the security to have them at the club. Yeah. I think the players are gonna they're going to be expecting that.
1: Yeah, I agree. The thing that's smart as well is they're two South Australian players. Like, missing out on Rankin, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, he's good. He's never going to be really a Charlie hard. Cameron. I don't think he's going to get to a shy Bolton level either. But missing out on Jordan Dawson last year was a big deal. Like, he's he's a good player. Yeah, but- he would have helped Port. Yeah, the Isaac Rankin three-year deal at eight hundred k. There's pros and cons, but I do see what you're saying. Of there's no point in overcapitalizing on a long-term deal, p- overpaying him. At least three years is a sample size to see what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, exactly. But- and he is an SA boy, so he, he the reason he's wanting to come back now is because he wants to come back home. So he can I, set d- himself like, up. Exactly, he can set himself up with that cash. But also, I even even if he was. Like, he's, he's going to want to stay in SA, I think. Now. He's coming home for a reason. I don't think he's going to come back here, do his three years, and then go, I'm going to shop elsewhere for more money. He's coming back He's coming, a back, year he's coming back home, he's he's coming a back home for, a, for a reason.
1: Here's a little bit of a conspiracy theory on my behalf, though. So, he only bought a house in Gold Coast this year and then requested a trade back to Adelaide. Do you feel like it's a bit odd that he buys a house the year that he's leaving?
0: No, because you're gonna get eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in Adelaide, so who fucking cares? Yeah, true. At the housing market at the moment, like you know.
2: Gold Coast might be a good time to buy. He's just buying at the right time because he knows that the land. Alright, yep. that's enough on that one. Um Okay, the next one is the mega trade, but I think we'll finish with that, so we'll keep yeah, people let's, uh, let's hook him in. Let's move
0: let's on. Let's get through let's some, some, some of these other oh, Jason Horn oh, Francis. We can edit that out, so that's yeah. fine. We'll edit Brody, that. Do not Brody, edit that out. we got Gunston to Brisbane. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Gunston signed a three-year deal. Yeah, um, for a fourth round, what? oh Sorry, thir- a third round and a fourth round pick. How, How old's old Gunston Gun- now? Thirty. Three year. Yep. He kicked about thirty that's to forty 30 goals down. this year, so
2: he can play everywhere too. Yeah, he can. That's I think. I think he really adds, adds to their to the forward level. line. I mean, for a third round pick, uh, and signing up to a three-year deal so I think,
0: that's it. A- That's an easy one for Brisbane. He kicked about 32 goals. Yeah. Do you
1: want to know what the loss is though? Is Josh Dunkley going to get to Brisbane with all the deals that they've made? They're acting in bad faith to the Western Bulldogs. They said, don't trade pick 15. They've traded it. They're they're trading everything. Like their mind is not on Josh Dunkley at all. They're trading more picks out for more players. Do you think that Brisbane know that they're not going to get Josh Dunkley across the line at this
2: point? They will get Josh Dunkley over the line because that hinges on them getting Rory Lobb over the line. So they will do the Dunkley deal to get the Rory Lob deal done. So, yes, it will get done, I'm confident. And not really a conspiracy at all. It's just hanging late because no one wants to blink, but Bulldogs will blink because they get nothing for him otherwise. So... They do the deal. They get a first round pick. That pick 21 goes to Fremantle. Rory Lobb comes into the Bulldogs. They might get a third round back from Fremantle or something for that pick 21. But yeah, in, out Dunkley. First round pick in, Lob in. Bulldogs would be happy with that. And I think
0: it'll get done. All right, the next big one, Grundy to Melbourne. Melbourne receive Grundy. Collingwood receive a second round pick, which is currently pick 27. Well, I hear Melbourne are paying most of his salary, so
2: from that point of view, uh, I mean, what's I'd much like more, more than, than pick twenty-seven, 27? of course. But what's most of salary? Oh, I know. Let's say he's on a million a year. Let's say they're paying eight hundred thousand of it, so we're taking two hundred thousand. So that's I reckon that's that's a, that's, that's, that's nothing. That's um, a pretty fair deal. Then. That's a pretty that's fair, pretty fair, fair deal. deal. Pick twenty-seven. I would have liked to pick closer to the twenties, but.
0: Does anyone know, actually know what happened with Grundy and Collingwood? Because he, did you see his statement that he released? Yeah, he like was. He's basically saying that he wanted to be a pie for life and the circumstances of the club yeah, well, uh, didn't well, allow we him to we both thought he would be a
2: lifer and then so, they worked out that for $1 million you could probably bring in three players and they could make a one point off being in the grand final without him. So I think once that's happened... Would he have helped them to make the grand final? I don't know what their team looks like if he plays all those 11 games. So, All right,
1: here's a trade for you. Would you trade Brodie Grundy for Dan McStay, Bobby Hill, and Billy Frampton?
2: Well, no, I wouldn't. I'd keep Brodie Grundy. I But I no, thought no, that no. I was happy to get rid of him this year, but I thought we'd get like a good pick back for him, but... That's why I was happy to get rid of him. Because I think he's excess. Like, he's a better Ruckman than Cameron and a better player than Cameron. But do you need dominant Ruckman? I don't think you need dominant Ruckman. Like, you need good Ruckman. But do you need dominant? Do, does it need to be the best position on the ground for you to win the game? I don't think it does.
1: If you had prime Brody Grundy, like so, Brody Grundy from two years ago he didn't get injured this year because he was playing good this year at the start of the year.
2: Well, we made the grand yeah, final, final with Brody, with Brody Grundy, Brody Grundy so, Brody. so I'm not going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> How far, How far have you could have gone, gone this year? Because you, you
1: just got knocked out by one point to Sydney. You would have beat Sydney if Brody Grundy was fit, firing and playing, because he would have destroyed Tom Hickey.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's games that he would have destroyed, but things would have worked out differently. I don't I don't know how the game would have worked. It, it's hard to say. Well, this year is just such a bullshit year in terms of like what Collingwood actually did. So actually, you can't you can't quantify it because would Collingwood have won every game by twelve points or or two points if Brodie Grundy played? Who knows? We probably have lost every game by two points if Grundy
0: played. Like it's do, you can't quantify it. Do you think that? The deal that they signed Grundy for the long term deal with the high money was a mistake. Yeah, I
2: think a seven year deal for a 25 year old, 26 year old, whatever he was, was a bad idea. I wouldn't pay anyone a seven year deal at 26. You get, I don't think anyone gets more than a five year deal. Um, Petrarca, Angus, they
1: just both got really long term deals there 25, 26 now.
2: Yeah, oh, I know. I would have not given him any more than that. I'm quite happy giving him five years. Uh, Charlie Curno as a centre-half forward, yep, he can have seven years. He can have a 10-year deal. I mean, that's correct. (laughs) He can have a a 10-year deal because, I mean, that's a a whole different position to the ruck. But um, no, no, there aren't many people that deserve any more than a five-year. Five years is so long, and player what, total player payments go up, like, in five years' time, there's a new rights deal. Like, I don't understand why you'd pay any more than a five-year deal because as
0: a player, you're going to get potentially more. Imagine signing a young youth that's only played one year of their rookie contract for six years. Like, I'm going to
2: tell you a couple of bad contracts right now <laughs> that are sitting out there in the universe that got signed to long deals. Nat Five is sitting out there at, like, $1.2 million or something. And he hasn't been able to get on the park. Massive risk they took. Worth it early on, but right now not paying dividend. Dustin Martin, Okay. When did they win their last flag? Nah, Twenty.
1: you can't ever say Dustin Martin's a bad deal. He brought that club three flags. Right oh, now yeah, he's yeah, a bad yeah, deal because yeah, yeah,
2: they've paying him well. $1.2 million to not help them at all. So right oh, now, yeah, if they, they just, just paid him paid the, the five, five years, years, they could have re-upped his contract at the end of that five years. But you put him on a long deal and now you're paying mega bucks for – for a player who can't get on the field So there's a couple of these long
0: McGovern was another
2: five year deal at 1.1 1. 1 million Another oh, one that's, that's just, just wasted. wasted, correct So Here's one for you
1: Craig, what's Dan McStay on now? I don't
2: know, 600 So He's only on like a three year deal though, isn't he? I'm hoping he's not on any more than a three year deal If he's on more than that at 27 Then I'm concerned
1: So that so trade Craig, can't Craig. even exist Dan McStay, Billy Frampton and Bobby Hill would be more than Brodie Grundy, money-wise, as well. And well, the thing is, if you gave Brodie Grundy Brody. a real red-hot crack at becoming <coughs> a forward, do you think he could become a centre-half
0: forward? No, I don't. I've just got it here. After the completion of the 2022 season, McStay wished to explore free agency and departed Brisbane after nine years, and he has signed a five-year deal with Collingwood. That's grim.
1: That's yeah, another yeah. ugly
0: deal. That's a very ugly deal. And I think, Collingwood are like, prone for making what, very ugly deals.
1: What were you saying about the? there was a young player who's played one year signing him to a six-year deal was bad? What about signing a mediocre 25-year-old who was a third forward at another club to a five-year deal?
2: <laughs> I can't oh, argue with that That's bad optics That's that is, very bad that optics
0: That is very bad But again We've got
2: massively um, digressed As we often do On this far. podcast Grundy And oh, gosh,
1: This is a big one Fantasy implications Darcy Cameron Is a buy He showed you this year What he'll do He'll get better next year As a full year of experience As a ruckman Yep um, wow, Mason Cox cool. Did look exceptional In the ruck Late this year though But I do think Mason Cox Is the better forward So Darcy Cameron primary ruckmen. Agreed. No Brody, more ever will there be there. handcuff the two best ruckmen. I don't play it, but in the other league where Brody, you can have any everyone can have every player, Brody, Brody Grundy, Brody, Max Brody, Gorn, they're killed. If you own them, trade them. Because both of them both, both of them
2: both of them can't
1: average more than ninety next year. I think
2: Yeah. You want to sell sell on both, both of them. Both. Uh maybe Brody Grundy will get back up higher. He's got the best chance to get back up, I think.
1: I think the opposite. I think if one of them is going to score more than 100 next year, it'll be Max Gorn. He's just a little bit more versatile. Like we said, they're playing him.
2: they're playing playing him forward forward is is the plan, is to really really play play him him forward. forward. So he's not going to be going behind. I think Grundy takes Gorn's role and Gorn goes forward. So Grundy's the one that you've got to be higher on. What would
1: you, in a keeper league, what would you trade for Max Gorn now
2: then? A third round pick? pick. (laughs) Would I trade a first-round pick? That is, that is a, a massive, massive gamble, gamble. At No, I wouldn't trade a first-round pick for Gordon. He's got to be worth a second. Uh, he's still got value. He has a second, but well, that's picked like nine or ten, but I wouldn't take him above
0: kids right now. So- well, how old is he? Th- he's 30, isn't he? 30 or 31. So like, yeah. So you surely wouldn't be wanting to pay in a first-round pick at 30.
1: So we've just said at best we think he could average 90. That would still put him in the top 25 forwards next year.
2: Yeah, if he has hey, ruck four status, he suddenly exactly. is looking more like a. a nine, if he's a ninety ruck forward,
0: then he's a first round pick. But yeah, fair. But he's is not going to get that gonna, straight away. Is he going to get that at all, though? I don't
1: know because you have to play seventy five percent.
2: I don't know. They might even start him with it as a piss take. It would be interesting to see. <laughs> but right. we'll move on from that to Moving Jack Bowes trade joins Geelong for a first round. Oh, well, with a first round pick seven. Yeah, Gold Coast receives the third rounder. I mean, we all know this trade is so stinky, but it makes sense for both teams.
1: The rich get richer. Um, just on this, Jack Bowes is a fucking idiot because he's renegotiated his big contract out over more years. He's owed <laughs> that money. He's a fucking nupty. I'd be okay. saying 800, 800, 800, 800, then 800, Then you can pay me something <coughs> else. I, I've I've played for that money already.
2: He's paying for. Oh, he's going for job security. But I would would be backing myself myself in, in, like you said, and I would take my 800 and 800, and I would back back myself myself in to get a new deal after that. Who cares? Go anywhere on a lesser deal after
1: that. Like, he might not even get to play. Like, we were saying we don't know if Tanner Bruin will play. Jack Bowes isn't playing over Tanner Bruin.
2: No, I think Jack Bowes is more likely to play over Tanner Bruin. He's a better player. Uh, He had some real good years, and I think he's got a spot uh, in that team. I don't know where, but I think he's going to find a spot.
1: Well, he's not going to make the
2: back line at Shillong because the backline's pretty good. Uh, I think he could move on Jack Toohey. Uh,
0: not Jack Toohey, Zach Toohey.
2: Fuck! I quit I'm this podcast, I'm done.
0: Uh, no, nah, Rocky, Rocky Hunt Hunter's Hunter. worse. And Matt Gorn. Uh, well, we know this episode is going to be called Jack Toohey.
2: Fuck so. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. Zach on, Toohey's on- like
0: 34. Oh, like He's
2: got to
1: go. Once again, huge gamble fantasy-wise. It depends. Do you think he plays? <laughs> he, you could probably get him really cheap right now. Um,
0: if you're willing to take a punt, take a punt. He's someone that you can pick up probably late in the
2: No, in I the have him, and I traded for him last year, and I'm keeping him. I'm backing him in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck you all. Okay. You're keeping him, averaging 57. Yeah, he was injured. Yeah, he only he's, played five games. He's yeah. going up to 80 next year.
2: BFM joins Collingwood for a future third fair. from the Crows. Fuck this trade.
0: Moving on. So we've got Dan McStay for five years, and you've got Billy Frampton for a third rounder. Yeah, but Dan McStay was free, so. I mean, it just costs a lot of money, but it's free. <laughs>
2: but, uh, we're never going <laughs> to get to James Francis in this race, oh, so let's switch oh, one, one. Just mentioned it. it was Tell the Hop- it. Hopper,
0: Hopper joined Richmond. Um, yeah. We, we, we thought that trade was going to happen with uh, Taranto as well. Yeah, it's but- fair. It's, it's all good. Hopper's a good player. All right, so moving down to the roadkill ruse. The roadkill ruse. Um, Let's let Rick take, take the reins on this trade. This is his pride and joy. This is his baby. Um, roadkill ruse, giants in the mega trade with eagles and port. What happened, Rick? All right, Rick, tell us the mega trade. Right. All right. You don't okay. have it up, up on the screen. It. It's up, get it up. up on the screen. You got the it's trade tracker? on the track, screen okay? on trader track. Yeah, they've got the whole mega trade. They've put it all all together. Yeah, they put 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 it all all together. together. You're the one that sent us this link.
1: Yeah, I didn't look at it prior. I don't even know if I've still got it open. Let me... I think I
0: closed it. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, well, I guess we'll start it. The Giants... We'll start with the Giants.
2: They get two third-round picks out of this. From Port. Port receives a future second-round selection from Collingwood. West Coast receives a first-round pick. Um, Pick 12, North receives pick 2 and pick 40. That's one part of the trade.
0: Yeah, which also gives North Melbourne pick 2 and 3. Yeah. Because they got rid of the first pick.
2: Uh, As part of that that deal as well, Junior joined Port um, and West Coast received uh, a pick 8 to go with their 12 and a future 2nd and a future 3rd also as part of that deal. Greater, Greater Western, Western Sydney, Sydney received a first-round pick, one, and North got three. So North have pick two, pick three. Um, and gave up the first pick to GWS. And gave up the first pick, and then Port received Jason Horn francis to add to Rioli a future second and a future third, uh, and North got a uh, future first and pick 43. So mashing it all together... I mean, that sounded messy when we talked about it like that, but uh, mashing it all together, I'm going to find the much clearer picture because I thought that was clearer, but it wasn't. Okay, there we go. Port get get. Horn Francis, Rioli, future second, future third. North get get. two, three, 40, 43. uh, And Port Adelaide's first next year. And Port's first next year. GWS get get pick pick one, one and some crap picks. And West Coast turned uh, pick two into 8-12 eight, eight and a future second and third. So main points, GWS get pick one. West Coast get 8-12. Uh, North Melbourne get two, three, and a future first. And Port get Jason Horn, francis and Junior Rioli. So right. let's, let's just slap small.
1: off the, the two smaller ones. So GWS, do you think they won or lost their part of the trade?
2: Uh, they gave up pick three and 12 to get pick one. I mean, if pick one's Aaron Cadman and that's who they want and he's the best forward, then you pay money for a premium
0: forward. So, yeah, I think they're pretty happy with that. And as North Melbourne, would you trade away pick one for pick two and three?
1: Yeah, so they knew that GWS wanted Cadman, and if he wasn't first on their list, they didn't trade away pick one. They just got two pick pick ones.
2: Yeah, essentially, they just gave themselves an extra shot. Yeah. So,
1: So, I think... GW if you had to pick a loser out of this trade i'd say GWS is the biggest loser.
2: Uh i right, i still going to go north melbourne but we'll get to them.
1: Um so um, west, coast. west west coast so with west coast they got what they wanted to do they split their pick 2 because there's apparently there's wa talent this year that's going to go around those picks so smart for them. Um they and also are the ones one. that traded out the two future round picks. So they're assuming Port Adelaide are going to be worse than Collingwood and Fremantle next year. Huh. Um, they're going they're gonna to be, be like one, for like one, almost. One. They're all going to finish pretty yeah, close. they will.
2: Um, so they probably they
1: got what they <laughs> wanted to <laughs> done. That's so for that reason, time. it's a win.
2: Yeah, I don't uh, know if pick two for 8-12 is a win. I mean, they get the WA talent, so that ruins to go-home. There's no go-home factor. Um, pick two for them might have been like George Wardlaw. We'll have to look back in. His time and see if Wardlaw was any good or not.
1: But uh, would have he stayed is the other question.
2: I don't know. That's no, 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 a tough no. one. Uh, again, we won't know because he'll end up at North Melbourne anyway. So um,
1: North Melbourne. So I think they lost. Yeah, it they lost because essentially they gave up two pick ones for a pick two, a pick three, and a future first. Yeah, they
2: did. They lost so badly out of this. I mean, it's being reported over the media. We don't need to go over it, but pick two three and a future first in the teens is not worth two pick ones they and fucked then, up
1: and then we have the big winners poor adelaide
2: heard of them uh that small club in adelaide um yeah not much to say about this trade for port i got junior rioli probably a good pickup and a future second so that's um
0: that's and pretty a, a six-year contract for someone who couldn't finish his rookie, uh, rookie contract. Rick, tell us, tell us, tell our listeners, this is it. This is your time to shine. You
2: tell us all the good things about Jason Horn Francis, and then we will tell you all the things that people have now been coming out about right, that are I'll, negative. I want to drop one
1: thing to you. All, all right,
2: right. One, is that wait, it?
1: Wait, 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 wait. You just signed Dan McStay to the same deal that we signed Jason Horn Francis to.
2: Yeah, we know J.R. stays a good player. We don't know if Jason Sinholt-Francis is a good player. <laughs>
1: so automatically, you're, any argument you're going to come up with, skewed data straight away. All right. So I'll just get into some straight facts then. So let's do it. it. Jason, well, I spoke about this earlier in the year. I already said, if I was an 18-year-old kid and I was a winner, I come from a winning club, and you sent me to the shittest club in Australia, and the people around you didn't give a shit, and you could see that people didn't have the same training standard as you, yep, you're going to be pissed off. On top of they sack That's their coach, coach, they appoint a CEO as the coach who's not even bloody a coach. They bring in a new coach who sells you the stars. That guy's that a racist and has been big. suspended. He won't be the coach next year. So Jason okay, Francis is what had three or four coaches in a year. Where's the stability? Um there's he was visibly disappointed with players on TV because they like they don't care. Like he wants to win, he wants to be good. The thing is people have said that he's going to be this generational talent if he's half the player that he's going to that he's been promised to be. He's going to be better than Dan McStay's bad deal. He's better than the deal that they signed Brodie Grundy too. Next year, we've got him for 150K. The official figure hasn't come out yet on what he's getting paid, but I'm assuming it's going to be around 500. Um, and yeah, so that's that part of the spiel. Um, now we'll just go into some stats. Um. So this is for all the rising star draft class of this year. So he was second for total clearances, um, second for total center clearances. He was second for stoppage clearances. Um, he was third for total contested possessions. He was third for... Um, oh, sorry. I've read that
2: wrong. <sighs> Continue, Rick.
1: Um, he was second for rising stars and contested possessions. Um, um, and ranked third, third for, for Rising one. Stars and Centre Clearances. So, as you can see, he's a clearance winner already. We've repl- we've brought him in to be the replacement for Ollie Wines long-term, which he will do, who's also a Brownlow medalist. Jason Francis has to live up to that. And we've already got the outside classy midfielders in Zach Butters and Connor Rosing now. They've just set up their midfield for the next 10 years.
2: Now,
0: Pete, you going first or am I going first? Um I'll let Just you go w- first. Go yeah. for it. Right. I'm only going to say a couple of points first. Well, basically one. was you one. said that he's gone to a club that is shithouse, which obviously North Melbourne were shit house. But obviously during the year they were talking about him not getting the support and the nurture that he needed to, to flourish at North Melbourne, not given the opportunity. But everything that I've been reading, especially from yesterday and today, is that He is essentially was a cancer at North Melbourne.
2: Cancer. Jack Graham. He He was a Jack Jack Graham at North Melbourne. That's huge.
0: All the articles coming out during the year about he didn't have the support, he didn't have this and that, but everything in the last couple of days that I've been seeing is that he was actually the club and the players were wanting to give him the boot because of his attitude, his shit efforts, um, so I don't understand how you can come out and say, well, I wasn't getting the support. Well, you probably weren't getting the support because your teammates didn't want you fucking there. So I don't think he was digging in, I think, was the problem. I think what he showed on the field is
2: about 5% of what you get from Jason Hall and Francis. His Instagram is full of pictures of him and his girlfriend. He clearly cares more about sitting on his, the girlfriend sitting on the lap than actually playing football. He's a bit of a sook. He clearly works hard on the field, but is really soft off of it. Um, he's got a lot all of character, character flaws. flaws. He decided That's to fly hard. home to Adelaide to, like to see to his girlfriend mid-year without telling anyone. Clearly he doesn't respect, respect his, his players team. and his teammates. He doesn't respect his coaches. He doesn't respect hard work. Right. And he's just walked into a six-year deal on the back of all of this, of this conjecture, conjecture and having such a bad year. And I think that this is. Now, I'm going to throw it out there earlier. And and in four years' time, we can listen to this podcast again and say, Craig, you were wrong. But this screams Tom Boyd all over again. Last number one pick to leave after the first year. Went home. Massive deal. Needed to go home and see my family. Four years in. Couldn't hack it. See you later. He's out of the game. Um, Took his money and ran. I see Tom Boy 2.0 uh, in Jason Horn Francis. Um, you got more to add to that? Let's keep going before we let Rick reply. We may as well. Yeah. This is our last yeah. chance for Rick just comes no, over we, top. Just, 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 it's easier just if we, we
0: spit smaller back and forwards because now I've got to address so many points. Well, just, just with the shit attitude, just adding to that, there was actually, we'll just call them an anonymous person has messaged the podcast and given some... Some insight into when he was playing in Adelaide at local clubs. And even then, this person is a port supporter and has said that they're worried about this deal and worried about JHF coming to port because even at the local level when he was in SA, his attitude was shit. No one could control him. He was a bit of a loose cannon and his he just wasn't putting in the hard yards like he should be. All right.
1: That's fine. Uh, still address, I've, I've got, there's a lot of points I've got to address. So, number one, you said North Melbourne players didn't like him, right? Yeah. Yep. What, what type of, of support is he going to get on the field to be a better player if his teammates around him don't have his back? Nick Dacos fucking killed it this year. They love Nick Dacos. They want to suck his dick at Collingwood. Because he worked
0: get, hard. Yep, yeah, listen, no, I don't. I they don't. gave
1: him the support he needed to be a good player. No, he worked he hard. hard. Yeah, but his teammates made. had his back. But... But he worked It's yes, funny to say
0: and that the teammates didn't have his back to begin with. They seem like they – because during the year, they were saying that he just he just wasn't getting the opportunity That, But he obviously – they obviously didn't have his back because during the season, they've seen more of him and seeing how he's not putting in. He doesn't – and he's not wanting to be there. Yeah, so he so didn't earn, gonna, the you gotta earn the respect. You've got to earn the respect. He came yes, in expecting yes, it. Yes, your teammates should support you, but it's a two-way street. You can't just get support for you being a twat. Boom. Oh. Play the Bob noise.
2: Do we have a Bob noise? Play it. Boom, The thing is,
0: I agree. He's also an 18-year-old kid. I've
1: met met fucking plenty of 18-year-old kids who are fuckheads, especially if they're, like, top three talent in the AFL. Like, Lockie Jones, I met him in real life. He's He's a a fucking stiff. He's like a (laughs) B-grade football player, and he, like, was more arrogant arrogant than Connor Rosie, who's a star. Like, Like, some some people are just just arrogant arrogant dicks. Fair Fair enough. enough, He may have have an attitude attitude. problem now. I'm going to drop three names on you. Wayne Carey. Yep. Yep. Ben Ben Cousins. Cousins. Yeah, there's two. Let's just go from them. Are they good football players?
2: Oh, yeah, they were good football players. Did they have
1: have have off-field issues? issues?
2: Yes. Did they They still become become all-time great great football players? players? Did they play in the 90s when no one so like gave 80s. a shit? I was yes. about to say, that's a, that's a very different we everyone now oh, yeah, and love, love and support, support them, and them, them and kiss them, them, and them, them, them and cuddle them to sleep? Yeah, yeah we yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's what, what he needs, need. Jason yeah.
1: old Francis now. What were you doing at 18, Craig? Where were you? Did you Is live it- at home with your mum? Yeah,
2: I did. What did you do for
1: work?
0: Fuck no. I
1: went to the hotel. How many times have you been out of state when by the time you were 18?
2: I know. We took a trip maybe
1: twice a year. What's the longest you've ever been away from your mum at that point?
2: 18. Oh, probably two weeks, probably. Okay.
1: So, Jason Warren Francis, 18-year-old kid, just gets moved across the country. Like
2: thousands of people have before him. Go on.
1: Yep. Yep. To a place where it's toxic for him just as much as he's toxic for that place. Is
2: it? Why is it toxic for him? No coach. They had a coach. Not a winning mentality. Well, fair. So, would you want
1: to be there? You're an 18-year-old kid. You just get plucked from being a good player in the SANFL to, oh, let's go to North Melbourne Melbourne. where you suck. Your teammates, you don't get a lot. Like, it could just be personality conflict with some of these teammates. All these North Melbourne Melbourne boys are all friends already, and he's a new person coming in with all this hype and credit, getting all the media attention. They could just be jealous.
2: You know who came into a really shit team and won a Brownlow medal this year? Patrick Cripps from WA. Plucked out of WA. A, moved, moved to Melbourne. Melbourne played in, in Stinky Stig- Carlton who haven't won a final for longer than North, North Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne haven't won a final. And, and guess what? Turns what? out I'm, I'm going to be a captain and a Brownlow medalist and a fucking leader and put in the hard yards. Jason Horn Francis bitched out.
0: I don't have an issue with him wanting to come back to Adelaide. My issue is... You're going into the draft knowing that you're like it's not an unexpected thing that you're going to be potentially drafted to another state. Right? So you should be preparing for that. And I don't I have should. an issue when wanting to come back to Adelaide because you 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 live here and you grew up here and your family's here. I have no issue with that. But I think that as a rookie and getting drafted, you owe the club and the AFL that you should be just just stick out your two year rookie contract. I I just think why can't you stick out your two year rookie contract? And then you can, you can have that two years to try to prove yourself. Whether or not you're at a shit club or not, you can still try and prove yourself and you, you're going to get taken back to a club in your hometown regardless after two years. But I just think if you're coming back, he's obviously not liking it in North Melbourne, which is fine, but what's that teach him now that if he doesn't like it, he can just say, I want to do something else and clubs are going to facilitate it. That's just, that's just teaching an even worse attitude.
1: I. I, I, do I do agree, agree with both, both of you about some of it, but I also really disagree. Also think about this. So he's gone to this club on this two-year deal. Me as a player, I'm doing the best thing for me. Being at a club that doesn't that sacked their coach, doesn't have, have, a coach, have a coach, brings a coach in, now you don't have a coach again, at a That's team where you're already great. not getting along with people, his development's fractured. If I was Jason francis I'd be getting out too. Like, he is an individual. His asset is his ability to play football, and his ability to play football behind closed doors is already compromised. You have come out and said, all these players are talking shit about him. Why the fuck does he want to stay at a club? Like, get a new start. Like, fair enough. It may be his problem that caused this, but at the same time, you're not going to stay in a toxic environment where your asset of playing football, that is your livelihood, is on the line. I wouldn't oh, stay at North Melbourne. Would you? So you're telling me you're an 18-year-old kid, you've travelled to another stay away from your friends and family, you're at a football club with all these 24, 25, 26-year-olds who are bullying you. He's an 18-year-old kid just fresh out of school, really, and a bunch of fucking 25-year-olds are stiffing him.
2: Are you going to want to stay at that club? bullying him for? That's not how it worked at all. You have your leadership group and he wasn't meeting the standards of the playing group. He wouldn't take a fucking ice bath on a Sunday morning after a game. He couldn't meet the The basic basic standards of an AFL footballer. That That is is why why. everyone Everyone turned sour on him, and and that that is is why they kicked him out of the club, because they don't want players who can't get up for your ice bath on Sunday morning morning when you paid all this money as a number one pick. He He wouldn't wouldn't go for his ice bath and follow the basic club standards. He put himself in exactly this situation, so everyone coming out and slagging him now is nothing but his own doing.
0: Yeah, do, you, do you think it's unreasonable to ask to come up after a game and get in an ice bath?
2: To do your recovery as a professional footballer. You, you, you're, like you're, you're getting paid, your you're job. Getting paid as no, that's a professional not athlete. Yeah. So, so when, you, when you're
0: doing things like that, of course, you're going to get your teammates off on the wrong foot. And obviously, there's a whole But I'm not saying okay. that probably the way that he got treated would probably- I know there's probably some circumstances where it probably was a little bit unjust maybe in some circumstances, but yeah, you've, still, I agree. You, you've still got that he's also, both parties are to blame, but you're also putting yourself in that position and you've got to put yourself forward. And there's times where you're going to have to put yourself in situations you're uncomfortable. That's just life. And you've got to build yourself resilience and waking up and saying, I, I don't feel like getting the ice bath today. Like that's already going to put everyone that you're on the team with on the opposite foot to you and you're already creating that barrier so i kind of i get what you're saying that I w- you wouldn't want to stick around in, a, in an environment where you don't like but at the end of the day you're a professional athlete you're going to be in positions of, of situations that you don't like but that's why you're getting paid big dollars because you should be able to bounce back from similar things like that we're really breaking your balls here we're like doing this doing this we purposely have, we, we, we really want, to, want to, make to make sure that he's the thing is he's like, a, he's a real, real
2: the real, real player, player,
1: that, player that that everyone's expected the thing is north melbourne don't have a good track record of developing players look, how many, look yeah. how many number yeah. one, yeah, one dra- drop. listen this, look how many, many number one draft picks ha- they have look how shit they are carlton oh, people want to go there it's a club that develops players they do good good, good. patrick cripps really good example poor adelaide has the, the ability, ability, I think, like to get him on the straight and narrow, and we just got a generational, generational talent, talent on a steal that we all agreed on, and I think, I think that, that in three years' time, he's going to be looking at this thinking, fuck, we were wrong. Um, he may be – like, like, everyone so. makes mistakes. He's an 18-year-old kid. What, Bailey Smith's 22 and he's snorting coke, and he got less shit than Jason Horn Francis for not getting an ice bath. He's a fucking delusional. I still, I still stand, stand by, by all these North Melbourne players. They're, They're all, all shit. shit. They didn't give a fuck about winning. Jason Horn Francis went there, wanted to be a winner, didn't do it. Then what? He doesn't get an ice bar. So you send him to the VFL for three weeks when he's in your best 22? Fuck, fuck that. If I was Jason Horn Francis, I'm getting out of that club. He's going to go to a club with people like Ollie Wines. Travis, Travis Boak, Boy, who's got a so long Boy. career from his dedication. We heard Jay Schultz talking about Travis Boak, most dedicated bloke on the planet. You don't think Travis, Travis Boak Boy, is going to be spending one-on-one time with Jason Horn francis telling him what a long career looks like, what you have to do to do it. Like He's going to be there with other players who are going to be riding with him on a long-term journey like your Connor Rosies, your Zach Butters, your Mitch Georgiades. He's around a bunch of young kids who want to be fucking winners, not like at North Melbourne, like setting a standard of mediocrity and such. Like he yelled yelled at Todd Goldstein in the middle of a game because they're getting pumped like he's not happy with the shit that's going down and Todd Goldstein wants to have a guy at him fuck off if I was Jason Horn-Francis I'd be getting him punch-ups at training over being around a bunch of losers and then for all these losers to come out and literally berate him after a trade you just look like idiots do you think any young player in the country is going to want to go there after Jason Horn-Francis who's going to get more more media 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 attention attention than anyone at North Melbourne he's been involved in the biggest trade he's come out and he's already said that the environment at Port Adelaide's better Who's going to want to go to North Melbourne who, A, suck, and B, can't develop talent, and C, all their players have just come out and look like absolute bell ends because he didn't want to get in an ice bath? What What else else has he done done this this year other than not getting in an ice bath? He come to SA because you dropped him to the VFL. VFL. Who gives a shit? He's not playing in the ones. Who cares about playing playing in the the VFL? He doesn't give a shit about that. (laughs) So (laughs) So so there are two points points on Jason Horn -Francis. Francis' character.
2: No, we have more good, which we good, labelled good debate, earlier. Good debate. But you have yeah, you have yeah. a lot of good points. Huh? We're
0: at hour twenty now, so we should go wrap it up. You have a, a lot of good points there. Huh? Um, nah. Just uh, to uh, finish up. Also, on another
1: else? note, you got to remember, Jason France says hundred and fifty k next year. That's what we're paying him. So it's a five year deal. The, the next year doesn't count. That's a throwaway year because you've got him at rookie price.
0: Yeah. Look, I, I, um, we're not. Well, I don't know about what Craig's thoughts are, but I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player. He's definitely got talent. That's why he got picked as number one in the draft. There's clearly potential there. I'm just saying, for me, getting... Uh, like, I understand he wants to come back to Adelaide, but a, a six... Well, like you're saying, five years. Even a five-year deal for a player that you still don't... Like, yes, he has the potential. Yes, his attitude might change. You might get nurtured a bit more from, like, the likes of Ob Wines and Boke and whatnot. But five oh, or six years is a long... Gamble on a player that has what is supposed to be a bad attitude. That's that's what that's my that's just my thoughts. I get. I, I, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player, but five years is a long a long period to take a punt on someone who potentially is going to have a shit attitude in the club.
1: So he's not the best player of this year's draft crop. Nick Dacos is the best player, but if you could, let's look at the other names quickly. So I've got to. Up we here. don't
2: have time to look at the other names. quickly.
1: We do. We do. So we're almost at an hour and a half. Ah, oh, see, he's a cut me short because he's, <laughs> no, he's, he's no no. What he's do you
2: mean? I haven't oh, even finished my closing thoughts on Jason Horn Francis. A, hey. he's now coming into a dream ride at Port Adelaide. We've seen what happened to Rosie and Butters. B, hey. he's going to be a gun at the end of the day. We all know that. He's got good talent. So we're just like breaking balls a
0: bit. We had to be devil's advocate because. Exactly. It's like, good content for the podcast. It's good that's, content. That's, and like, it's 2v1. Yeah. You have to do it. You're the port supporter yeah, here. We it, had to berate. We think he'll be a gun. Like well, that's he's, what we just he's said. a good player.
2: He's, he's got, got a dream, dream right now. He's got, he's got good players ride. around him in Boak and, Wines and and he'll turn it around. But we just had to break your balls a little bit on that one.
0: Yeah, and G- you, it's it's good to break your balls because you get the real fired up version of Rick and the real thought.
2: But there's a slight <laughs> slight character concern. That is it. Otherwise, ninety nine
0: out of a hundred, he probably ticks all the yeah. boxes. Yeah, and when, you want. Uh, when we say like, well, when I'm saying the character concern, it's it's definitely. I definitely inflated it in my argument just for the Yeah, content. we definitely played <laughs> it up way <laughs> uh, more yeah. than. Yeah.
1: yeah. Don't try to change <laughs> okay. sides now. Are I'm not you changing you sides. We just were just whenever, before, before the podcast, we were Craig especially was saying how much of a bad deal it was. We were you setting you up, up. <laughs> Tom Boyd. we were setting you up. Mate, we're going to get
0: you fired up. Look, you're still fired up from it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant.
1: Just before we do end, like- Realistically, he averaged 16.5 disposals, three marks, three tackles, and a third it's of a goal involved, a game yeah. this year in a stinky side. He's only going to get better.
2: He got good development being an inside, inside midfielder in North Melbourne. That's only going to help him.
1: I think working with Travis Boak point. is going to be the best thing that ever happens yeah, to him. Yeah, I think him. he's
2: got good leadership around him as well now. Like he, he probably had good leadership in North Melbourne, but, I mean, this is the best of the best in the
0: midfield. And just just one a yes or no answer – Do you think, or from both of you, do you think that in his career now he will win a Brownlow? He has the hallmarks to win a Brownlow. Yes or no was the question.
2: Let's say he plays eleven-year career. Yes or no. (laughs) An eleven in five thousand chance. No.
1: I think no. Just because I already spoke about the midfielder that the midfield that's port set up for the next ten years. Yeah. You've got Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, and Jason Horn Francis. If they all develop the way that they look like they're going to, you've got an Oliver Petrarca blah player set up again and there's just going to be too many vote vote yeah. steals. You need to be an exceptional player in a team with mediocre people around you to really win a Brown low. Yeah,
2: Patrick cool. Patrick
1: Cripps yeah. probably Broke that but Sam Walsh had a down year this year so yeah. Batman's Robin fell this one year yeah. um,
0: the only reason I asked that is because in his press conference today he came out and he said that he wants to be the best player in the competition which obviously any player is going to say that that's their ambition but I just wanted to get your thoughts on whether or not you think he will be the best player in the competition to win a Brownlow
1: Clayton Oliver is the best player in the competition and he hasn't won a Brownlow
0: <laughs> very true let's wrap this up yeah um, more- did do you have do a reach out this week Yeah, I do actually. Okay, hold on. Have a guess guess who it
2: was.
1: (laughs) Rick, reach out.
2: Rick, reach out.
1: Whenever you're ready, Rick. Fuck, I've talked a lot of shit this week, people. So, my reach out this week was to the man of the hour, the man-made himself. Jason Horn Francis Excellent what'd you say I said welcome to Port Adelaide family we can't wait to watch you next year can't wait to watch you turn it around and if you ever want to come on the podcast it's always open for you
2: Excellent and just before we finish up on the reach outs old mate Matheus Filippo uh flicked us a message this week or we flicked one to him and he flicked one back which was uh oh, I didn't see that what is nice. say?
1: Nice Yeah I messaged him this week Did he he reply? He he did reply, actually. Straight straight away. away. He's kept
2: contact, Contact. which was nice. He was a good bloke. We hope the best for him.
1: Um, I just said, looks like you get your wish and get to head out of the state with the Port and Crows trading out their first round picks. Um, Hope you're well. Hope you dominated the combine. He said, thanks, mate. Combo went really well for me as well. Um, I love the logo change. Hope all is well for you lot.
0: I like it. Very, very nice. Hopefully. uh We can get him back on the podcast next year when he's um, had a few games under his belt. He's a friend of the podcast uh, now forever.
1: Way more humble than Lockie Jones. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, well, very true. As long as he doesn't go to a stinky team, please don't go to a stinky team. All right, uh, we'll be back next week.